Let's just start the damn podcast. Hello, MJ. Hello. Red pill or blue pill? Blue pill. I want to go back to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's all overrated. (laughs) Fuck this all. I want to go back to sleep. (laughs) This sleep is way better than this shit. Oh. You're like whatever that guy's in that sci-fi, the guy sci-fi. in Matrix who betrays everyone by because he wants to go back to sleep. Yeah. Um, Alright, this is podcast three. Yeah. Cool, episode three. Welcome, peace, to uh, everybody who's watching slash listening. Uh, where I'd like to begin, MJ and I basically just had a little uh, conversation around, around what happened in the last couple of hours. Uh, with my emotions and how I was feeling. Basically feeling quite sad at the moment. And, you know, for, for a host of reasons, um, just uncovered some things and looking at fear mm. uh, and the impact of fear in my life. And what I was just thinking about as soon as, you know, I was getting grounded and, and we were about to press play on the podcast was um Something, you know, Tony Robbins always talks about peak states, mm-hmm. right? And I had a conversation with uh, a friend of mine this week and I could really, he's actually my brother's friend and he's in the, he's in the personal development space and he's had a really rough history. He, mm-hmm. went, he went to jail, um, got caught with drugs when he was 18 and it was like part of basically a gang syndicate. Wow. Um, got caught with like 2.5 kilos of MDMA and Jesus. Yeah. And like, we're talking like heavy, he was involved with some heavy stuff. It's a lot of MDMA. Yeah. Went to jail. Um, he actually got, he, he actually got, um, someone was you know looking after him above because his sentence was like six to eight months. And the other guy, uh, who my brother's uh, friends with also got like a year and a half, two years. Wow. And these are like, you know, private school kids yeah. that have just gone down that road yeah. uh, and have made some really shitty choices yeah. and, you know, ended up in fucking jail. Yeah. And, you know, he was having this conversation with me. He was telling me about his story and how uh, the pain that he felt like in jail, he says he never, ever wants to go to, like, to that area, to that pain ever again. Yes. And what he figured out in jail was like he had nobody to help him. Mm. So he started, he started, um, as soon as he got out of jail, he wanted to start helping people. So he started telling his story and, um, you know, he got a job public speaking at a whole bunch of schools and, and basically just sharing like him and, and what happened. Cool. Um, and as I was talking to him, I could feel like, you know, we see it amongst men all the time. Yeah. It's like, it's high achiever syndrome, mm-hmm. you know, what we call high, has high achiever syndrome. And he was so driven by success and never ever going back to the pain that he felt in jail mm-hmm. that he became relentless at personal development. Yeah. Like he, he was telling me, man, like he had like four different businesses and he was doing the coaching thing, a mastermind thing. And yeah. like he's speaking with um, the guy from Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan cool. Belford, next yeah. year in February. Like yeah. he, he pitched to him, like his life is just like, go, 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 go. Yeah. And um, hustle and, and grind. Yeah. And he started talking to me about peak states. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, man, I just do the peak state thing. You know, like I just change my state. I get in a peak state, cold showers, meditation, whatever it takes. I change my state and I just get after it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we've talked about peak states before. Mm-hmm. And what I'd like to, you know, just to introduce, what do you think a peak state is? Mm-hmm. And then how can somebody like that, that is just like either never wanting to go from never wanting to get back to pain yeah. and has just is just driven by success on all measures yeah. but is also like grinding their soul yeah what do you say to that person how do we m- navigate through that uh, conversation great I like that you always ask simple questions okay great so a couple of things the first thing is he has to be willing to be open that there's a better way And what I mean by that, like, because what you've just described is exactly what I went through, right? Broke my neck when I was 17 years old, broke my back when I was 19 years old, depression, anxiety, PTSD, addicted to drugs. And it was the pain which forced me to like get serious about who I was and start searching and looking. 
And then it was the desire to never go through that ever again, which started to help me get better. So I've been through exactly what this guy's been through, this same system and same kind of way he's operating in the world. And the first thing that I would say to him is there's nothing wrong with what you're currently doing. Because right? mm. it's worked. It's worked. It's gotten him out of where he was. And that's so important for him to realize, right? Like he was in jail, his life was going down a different direction and he got himself out of that by looking towards the light and becoming a guy who's trying to help and actually trying to make the world a better place. So that's all fucking amazing. So that's the first thing I would say. And I wouldn't bother doing anything else until he felt that I really got where he was coming from and I wasn't making it wrong. Now, what I would say to that guy is like amazing and not but, and I've worked with X amount of people who've gone through the same thing you've gone through, built this same system and it doesn't work. And it doesn't work based on, let's just broaden our metrics of success. Because there's a couple of things that I would say about that. First of all, you know, just never wanting to go to that dark place again, right? Which is basically what he said. Mm -hmm. I never want to go to that dark place again. That means there's a fear that he's going to go to that dark place again. Mm. So he can build his entire life up and there's always going to be 1%, 5%, 10%, 7%, 0.1% of him, which is like, but what if we go back? But what if we go back? But what if we go back? And he's living in a, he's living in a place where it's like he's waiting for the shooter drop and the police to just come in and it was all a lie. So I would be very curious if we got that guy out of his mask and to really like, you know, see what's really there for him, whether he felt like it was an imposter, how much he enjoyed it, how much he actually likes his life, not the bullshit, fuck yeah, man, I love success, I love breakthroughs, but actually at a deep level, how joyful are you? How much meaning does he have? And how much is he actually enjoying this current experience of life that he's had? Because there is an argument, and it's a very compelling argument, that he's running away. Mm. And what he's running away from is his past. Right? That's again, none of this is bad. Yeah. Right? No, but this is just yeah. how this is how I would look at it. I'm like, cool, man, you know, your your life is built from I don't want to go through pain. Right? Now, that's actually what you know, I was listening to Jordan Peterson the other day to speak, and he's like, that's actually what people mean when they say, I want to be happy. What people really mean when they say they want to be happy is I don't want to be in negative states anymore. I don't want to be, yeah. I don't want to be in pain. Yeah. Now that's great, but life is going to throw so many things at you that if, all, if you're at the deepest core, your philosophy of the world is, I just don't want to go through pain, life's going to break you. Because it's so fucking hard. Right? Like when your mom dies, dad dies, son gets cancer, like, like when the real life trauma that is a phone call away from every person, every minute of their life comes knocking on the door, if you're not prepared at the deepest possible levels, you're fucked. Mm. And so I wonder, this system this guy's built, how strong is it? How much friction could he go through? How much could his world start to shake before he feels that darkness coming back up? Ah, interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Because, again, like, so, so that that's be another thing I'd say. Underneath that, like, he 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 is not the most important person in his life. His success is more important than him as a human being. <laughs> right, and that's the norm for men, right, and for women as well, but especially for men, and that's just not sustainable. Right, and, I, and when I say that, I don't mean the success isn't sustainable. I mean, him not treating himself- Sacrificing himself for the success. Sacrificing yourself for your success will not work over the long term. And he even said to me, you know, he had to take three days and just go to the Gold Coast and run away, or uh, you know, in his words, just like rest, mm -hmm. because he was working, uh, he had this presentation in a two day workshop where he did four days of 20 hours a day. Mm. And he's like, man, I just love it. Yeah. Like, I'm just so laser focused. Yeah, but no, when I saw, so, that's all bullshit. It, it, look, like, with with all due respect, yeah. like, it's very easy for us to turn around and say it's bullshit. Yeah. But like, if he was to hear that, he'd be like, no, fuck you. Yeah. Because he doesn't see. He doesn't. He's not. He's not in a capacity right now to actually see what we're talking about. Yes. So yes, part of it is bullshit, but yeah. it also comes from like a place of love, you know. Yeah, and, and that's all great, but. This, what I'm hearing is a guy who doesn't feel his emotions. This is what I'm hearing. A guy who doesn't have space in his life to genuinely connect with how are you really doing? Not at a mental level. How are you really doing? Right? At the deepest possible levels. How the fuck are you, dude? Because what I'm hearing right now is a guy who's going to keep tactically solving the problem of I don't feel like I have enough um, 
I don't feel like I have enough. I don't feel like I have enough rest, enough success. And then eventually it's going to collapse or he's going to reach a certain level of success and realize why the fuck am I doing this? This isn't what I wanted to feel. Mm. This isn't here. And then he's going to go back and look through the whole system. Right. So like, like imagine, imagine how you would feel if you were, you were showing up to get your heart operated on. And the neurosurgeon came up to you and said, man, I've worked, I've worked 20 hours of 24 hours the last four days in a row. I'm fucking laser focused. Imagine how you'd feel. There'd be some part of me that'd be like, okay, maybe he's this, he's the right guy. Yeah. Like, and then other part of me is like, you need rest. Exactly. Don't fucking come near me. Right. And it's like, you know, they've shown, studies have shown that if you sleep less than six hours a night, three nights in a row, you have the same cognitive capacity of someone who's like, I think twice the legal limit drunk. So like fucking like just you, you like you are absolutely blind drunk. Now, do you want to run your life drunk? <laughs> right? Think about it. This guy's driving a car, moving through his life. But again, the, the things that we're saving right now, this is all superficial stuff. Okay. Right. This is, do you know what I mean? This is yeah. all like, you, you know, we're talking about the tactics. T- talking to this guy about how much you're sleeping isn't going to fucking no, get to his skull. No, no, no. Talking about, to this guy about how much do you love yourself? Yeah. How much joy, genuine fucking joy are you feeling? Yeah. And do you feel like you're still running away from your past? Yeah. Do you feel like you really see yourself? Or do you feel like you're still trying to not be someone rather mm. than actually trying to be who you really are? Mm. The answer to all of those things are going to be either I'm not sure or not. Yeah, and I really love the meaning piece as well. Like, how much meaning do you feel like you have in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot and there. I know there's a few more things here. There's, yeah. there's so much there. Yeah. But, but again, not this isn't us making him wrong. No, hell no. This is just like, I've been down that rabbit I have been down the rabbit hole you are currently going down, and I reached a dead end, and I have sat with men who have achieved the success that you want to achieve on every metric, and they also hit the dead end. What's your, what was your dead end? My dead end was like, I can't take this pain anymore. Yeah, yes. And right? I'm sure that would be many men's dead end. Yes. I actually just can't do this anymore. I mm. can't keep setting myself on fire to achieve my goals. Mm. And you know, maybe you have to go through the rites of passage to see that there's a better way. So, so, so that's the big thing that I'd say. The second thing, the peak states thing, right? So peak states are very interesting. So, you know, I, I really get the, um, the efficacy, like the effectiveness of pumping your state. I think it's an amazing tactic. I think, and, and we also have to be honest, it really works. Yeah. It really works. And again, it's you know, what metric does it work at? Because if you view sadness, frustration, anger, exhaustion, you know, feeling like you're not enough as, as parts of you, as actual, you know, beings, like, like little, little, literal, literally little parts of you that are like struggling through life, then all you're doing is your emotions are coming up and by changing your state, you're pushing them back down. That's what you're doing, mm. right? Or I'm really, really, really angry. Let me do an exercise and so I can be grateful. Or I'm really, really tired. Yeah, great. Let me have a cold shower, change my state. Cause you know, like, what do you say about that? Having well, cold showers. Again, like, tactically, it's fine yeah, yeah. to do that tactically, but what's the, like strategically, uh, like again, it's another form of running away from your emotions. So, so here's the thing, right? This is my view of, you know, Tony Robbins body of work. You know, there's four levels of being. There's your emotion, your mental self, your emotional self, your physical self, and your spiritual self. And, you know, your mental self is like this separate thing over here. And then there's this really deep and complicated relationship between your spiritual self, your emotional self, and your physical body, right? Like we could spend a whole podcast just talking about how the three of those things that mm-hmm. interact. So I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, but it's fucking complicated, right? And then you have your mind over here as well. Now, Tony started working with people at the mental level, right? He developed his techniques working with Jim Rowe, then he went down NLP, and NLP is a system of how to change the mental fabric of how you think. That is what it is, right? And so then what happens is you stand... Can you, can you just explain that a little bit more, the mental fabric? Of- sure, it's, it's like, um, you know, I was listening to the Tim Forrest podcast the other day and he gave a great example. It's like, if I asked you, are you an athlete? What would you say? Well... I want to say yes. Great. And so what, what do you do that makes you an athlete? I'm conscious about what I eat. I train. I get good sleep. Great. Um, and my relationships around me are healthy. Great. So most people would think you have to play competitive sport to be an athlete. Do you know what I mean? I understand. Yes. But so you have mental 
you have this mental framework which allows you to identify as an athlete yes. because of the shit that's going on, the yeah. structure that's going on in your mind. Yeah. NLP is about moving and changing that structure. Oh, okay. Right. Opposed to somebody else saying, do you think you're an athlete? And, and they would say, say, no. No way, I don't play competitive sport. Great. The fabric of their mind is, yes. is structured around like, we have an yes. idea of what athletes look like. Yes. That's not us. Yes, and this is all based on language, right? Mm. So it's like the yes. language of what an athlete means and it doesn't mean. So NLP, in my understanding of NLP, is about getting in and moving that fabric around. Now that's awesome. And that's, you know, go team, right? But, and it's a fucking huge but, that is not even close to the bottom of the rabbit hole. That is at such a superficial level of how your mind works. Because you have your mental self, let's just stack them on top of each other. Your mental self, your emotional self, your physical self, and your spiritual self. What most high achieving people that I've worked with do get stuck at is between the mental and the emotional self. They're in their mind thinking about the emotions they want to feel. Yes. And that's great, but you've left off the entire chunk of the deepest parts of your emotional self, your physical self, and the most important part of them all, the spiritual self. Right? And so what the way I language this is this is top down. This is I'm gonna use my brain to access my emotions and think my way through how I feel. And I'm gonna use my brain to get into my physical body and move my body in the way I think I wanna move it, and then try and use my mind to get into my spiritual self, which just doesn't fucking work. So this is all, you know, how do I use my brain to get better in my life? And this is great. Like you need to do this. I went through a phase of doing this, but then you've got to realize that's not going to work because we're actually bottom up creatures. Like we're both, we're top down and bottom up. But at the end of the day, it's how can I operate at my deepest core so that all of this just happens naturally? So rather than how do I consistently train my mind so that my mind is in a peak state all of the time, it's, well, how can I be myself so that my state becomes irrelevant. Right? It's such a different fucking question. How can I organize who I am as a human being so how I'm feeling in terms of am I tired or angry or upset becomes irrelevant because I'm actually solving the problem. Because changing your state is great. What it doesn't solve is why are you angry in the first place? Why are you actually angry? Right? Not why not oh, I feel angry, let me go go to gratitude. No, no, no. Why were you angry in the first place? Because if you can solve that, the anger will stop coming out at all. Right now, if you actually follow the development of Tony throughout his career, he is now talking to people about spirituality. You go to his seminars now and it's all you are guided. Yes. Get out of your head, get into your heart and just let go and be yourself. Yes. And it's changed. It didn't used to be like that. Very mental before. Very mental, right? The tactics. Very mental, very, you know, change your state, all those things. And that's all great and it really works. But now... He has made the shift. You go into his David Destiny seminar, you'll do OMS, you'll access your chakras. And again, like, you know, we don't need to go into what that means, but it's more like he's made the shift because he's seeing it as well. And it's like the, this whole game is get to know yourself at the deepest possible level and then build from, I mean, it's not even build, continually let go from that place and life will just unfold for you. And again, that, that comes into the magic of how you can be. So, you know, I wouldn't make this guy wrong. No. But I also know that if I sat down with him, I could talk about the resistance that he feels in his life. He's coming on the 23rd. Oh, great. Cool. Well, again, like we'll get him up on the microphone and we can have this conversation. And again, if he's open to change, we can give him an entire new way of being where he can do everything he's currently doing now without the resistance, without being exhausted, and he can have fun doing it. And it's like, cool, man. Why don't you fucking do that? Mm. Right? What about if it doesn't have to be pain? Because right? it meant it's so much deeper, right? Like, you know, you have how you act and then you have this, you know, mental framework that's all built on language, which dictates, you know, whether you think of yourself as an athlete and all these things. And that's what NLP helps you to, you know, change. And that's fucking great. But then behind that mental framework, you have a whole series of emotions, which you spend your life avoiding feeling, which for this guy is, I never want to felt like I felt in jail, worthless, not enough, stupid, whatever the fuck it is. And then behind all of that, you have your real self. And it's like, why are we playing in, in like, why are, we, why are we at step one and two, right? Why don't we go to the bottom? Why don't we go to the actual source of all of this shit and work on it? And that's why guys come into our programs and they say, this is the deepest work I've ever done. I've done psychedelics, I've done Landmark, I've done Tony Robbins, I've done all of these things. I've never been this deep, right? And it's like, yeah, well, because if we go to the, the bottom of the tower, right? If we go down, if, if your house is built on shaky foundations, you can try and change that house as much as you want for the rest of your life and it's never going to be what you want it to be. Mm. Or if you build a foundation correctly, in, I mean, in my experience, in many ways, the house builds itself. 
right? And so all of that and, you know, we spoke about this last week, but it's like, you know, self-development for the point of self-development is fucking stupid. It's we're getting better so we can serve more. And the reason that we're serving more is because we're looking to find meaning in the world. Right? Like life is suffering. We're all going to die. What are we going to do about it? And that if you do not have an answer to that question, it's irrelevant how much self-development you do. You can spend $5 million a year on yourself. It's not going to work. But what's the answer to that question? Well, you have to build your own answer to that yeah. question. Yeah. But in my, in my estimation of the world, the answer is to serve. Mm. Right? Is to do what you can to help the world. Not change the world. Not egoically be like, fuck yeah, I want to fix things. It's like, no, I've got this set of skills. People are you know, going through shit. Let me help. And imagine if everyone in the world acted like that. Mm. Right? Imagine if a universal experience was, how can I help these people around me? Yeah. How can I help humanity? Right? Not sections of humanity, not my tribe, not my family, but if I viewed the entire humans, human race as my species, as my family. Yeah. Right? What could we I are do? one. Exactly. What could I do to make it better? And when you start talking, especially to men at this level, and then you give them the tools to make sure they can keep coming back and just operate from that place of giving and they can play some flow, you're just playing a different game. Right? You're, like, you're playing such a different game and to, to just... To, to look at you as a human being and think the extent of you is just, I'm going to change my states. It's so superficial. Mm. It's so surface level. It's like, great, it works. Like, let's not deny how fucking unbelievable it is and how powerful it is. And there's so much more. Mm. There's so much more. And if you go start looking for that, your life can start changing in spectacular ways. So, yeah. Wow. No, 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 it's okay. I don't want new cooties. Okay. That's a lot, man. Is the, I think that's going to help a lot of people. You yeah. know, like how many, we work with so many men that are in this world, this high achieving world. And it's like, how do I get better at everything that I do by mm. that superficial level? Yeah. And again, it's like, you know, you're at the top of a cliff and you're scared and you're trying to figure out whether or not you're going to jump. And there's two ways of dealing with that problem. This guy is, well, I can feel this fear, right? And this fear feels like a brick wall. Let me just bang my head against this brick wall until the brick wall like caves in. And it will. And it will, it definitely will. And then I'll be able to jump. Great, good for you. I've done that plenty of times in my life, good for you. How's your skull? Mm. How's it feeling? Mm. No, man, I fucking love the pain. No, you don't. No, you don't. You tell yourself you love the pain because then you can keep doing what you're currently doing because this is all your way of avoiding how you really fucking feel, which is inadequate, right? It's like I was stunned at how many self-development conferences I went to and they didn't talk about how we all feel like we're not enough. And if they did, it was a superficial, tiny thing over in the corner. Mm. I'm like, no, no, no. This is the problem that's holding every human being in the world back. Fuck changing your states. Fuck peak states. Fuck NLP. You do not feel like you are enough. You yeah. feel guilty, like there's something wrong with you and you do not belong. Ignore everything else in the world until you deal with that. How do most people try and deal about it? Think their way out of it. That has never worked for anyone. Mm. You have to go to those dark, scary places and fucking sit in the uncomfortable feeling and then learn the process to let that feeling go. But that doesn't come from thinking. That comes from letting the mind go. Right? So that wall at the top of the cliff is all of that guy's internal shit, right? Let me just smash my head. I'm going to fight myself. I have, you know, I was watching the rhythm and flow and this guy had this saying of like, my, my enemy is my inner me. And he was like, he was like real chuffed at the thing. And I'm like, dude, do you have any idea how ridiculous it is to live a life where you are the enemy you're trying to beat? It's like, and I get it. I fucking get it. I'm like, dude, Imagine if that enemy could be your friend. Yeah. Imagine if that enemy could be your friend. Imagine what would happen then if your brain woke up and told you you're the man rather than your shit, right? So this guy who's at the top of the cliff is just gonna keep fighting his enemy until some part of him gives up at huge personal cost and then he'll be off the cliff. Now, the secret is that that whole thing is that guy who's in his head. And this guy that we meet, mm -hmm. I can guarantee you he lives up here and he knows he lives up here. Right? How easy is it for him to just be vulnerable and connect with people? I would say probably not very much. Mm. Right now, let's, so that's guy number eight. 
you know, that's nothing wrong with guy number A, but guy number A, there's a better way. Guy number, guy B, guy letter B, comes to the top of the cliff, feels the fear, sees the wall, realizes if I am in command of my life, if I am totally responsible for who I am, if I'm the king in my own world, I have created this wall. No one else put this here for me. This is my own life. This wall is here because of me. And he'll sit down in front of the wall and he'll put his hand on the wall and he'll be like, hey man, what's going on? Why are you here? Why are you here? I'm worried you're not enough. I'm worried you're gonna hurt yourself if you jump off the wall, if you jump off the cliff. We jumped off the cliff in the past and we lost our money and it didn't work. Dad told us that we were never enough, so we shouldn't jump. We need to be careful. We need to make sure we don't do anything wrong. Cool, man, I get it. I really get it. How can I help? Well, I'd actually just like some love. Okay, great. Give them the love and the wall disappears. Mm. Now you still have to jump off the cliff. Mm. Right? And you might even feel more fear this way. But you're not destroying yourself to get off the cliff. And after you've done that enough times, jumping off cliffs becomes quite effortless. Mm. It's actually exciting. You're like, oh, here I am again. Okay, let me jump. Not, fuck, here I am again. Let me smash my way through it. Yeah. And what I notice is all people who live life these, this way, they have to force themselves to enjoy the pain universally oh man I fucking love pain yeah I love it when it hurts and it's like well yeah the dark side of your masculinity definitely loves it when it hurts great do you really want to build a life where you're using the dark side of the force mm. as your energy mm. that, that's not gonna that's not gonna work well right and so it's so much harder to live life not trying to smash your own walls down because then you have to turn around and face what's actually creating the walls because the guy who comes up to the top and just smashes his head against the brick wall and jumps, he never actually confronts his fear. That's right. It's just he, he welcomes another brick wall. Exactly. He never actually stops and considers, wow, imagine if this whole thing that I'm doing is my sophisticated way of doing what all human beings do, which is avoid my fucking experience of life. And I'm just jumping off these cliffs and jumping off these cliffs and jumping off these cliffs so I don't have to feel how fucking terrified I really am. And when we bring men who live in this world into conversations like this, the room gets fucking very silent because all the shit that they're scared of at the deepest level starts to come out. And then you really see what these guys are like dealing with, right? You're like, cool, I'm sure, you know, you can jump off a cliff, no worries about that. Let's talk about the thing that you have lived your whole life trying to not talk about. And we see this happen in our seminars and this has happened in, you know, one of my, I was in the container and I got so triggered by something I had to start speaking and like, I nearly passed out. I was so scared of what I was talking about. And we see this in guys. We see, man, we see 50 year old men literally go so pale in the face. We're like, are you okay? Right? Like, and this shit happens. And it's like, wow, imagine if that's what you dealt with in your life. The shit that you're so scared of saying that it makes you weak just even thinking about it. Because if you can do that, if you can clear that stuff down on there, you get to the top of the cliff and there's not a wall, there's a series of cheerleaders being like, fuck yeah, you can do this, jump, I believe in you. Mm. It's like, imagine if that was your life. I, I also think, uh, you know, person A, like when you're, when you're living life like that, there's a lot of, like there's a lot of negativity. Mm. You know, I, I, uh, I went to Johan, our other staff member, uh, Who's not invited on the podcast. Who's just not invited in the <laughs> yeah. podcast. Uh, yeah. You know, he, he took me to uh, Hillsong uh, last week. And, you know, I, it was the first time ever I really experienced anything like that. And my mom's Greek Orthodox and my, my dad's Catholic. So there is, you know, faith and, and um, belief in my family, but I've never really accepted it. I've never really, like, it's never come into my world. The fact mm. I rejected it when I was younger, I was like, I'm atheist. Mm. I don't even know what atheist meant. Yeah. I'm like, I'm atheist. Like, yeah. that's the thing I gotta say. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I had a really interesting experience at, at Hillsong. Um, and after that, I shared a few things on, on Instagram. In fact, it actually just shared me walking into the room. Mm -hmm. And you know, we talked about this. And what I, what I got was like an enormous amount of uh, negativity around whatever that world is. Call it Christianity, call it Hillsong, call it God, whatever. Yep. And it was just like so sad to see that 
what I witnessed was positivity, light, love. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. And mm-hmm. then what I got was like darkness, uh, like disbelief. Um, uh, you know, what do you call it when somebody's like just wants to push you in another direction? It's like so scared that they're gonna that you're gonna go into some sort of direction. Yeah. And 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 they're like, I have to put my beliefs now on him. Yes. It's like bullying. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean the the parallel for my life is like we run ads for our Kill Your Demon seminar, which are free and like are so powerful. We had a guy quit crystal meth after ten years, just coming for a fucking free seminar. He literally quit crystal meth. We had another guy, I got an email the other day, alcoholic for 25 years, finally got to the root cause of his alcoholism. Free seminar. The other guy who was in the seminar where, who's hated himself and lived his whole life running away from himself because when he was six and his dad passed away, he thought it was his fault. Like, said he'd been in counseling for 10 years and he finally got to the bottom of it in our free seminar. So like, that's the type of shit that's happening for free. I put that up and I get responses like, this is fucking full of shit, go fuck yourself. And I'm like... First of all, you like you have no context. Right? Yeah. Like you have that, that, no context. That's the bit. There's no context. Right? You're just you've literally read an ad, and that's it. You haven't gone and watched. You haven't watched a podcast. You haven't like dug into my work. Dug you haven't in. read our testimonials. You haven't seen what we're trying to do. You said that's just just straight away. This is bullshit. And I'm like wow, and then I go into like, you know. It's like a thing I have to keep working on to like, you know, not realize it's not about me, but it's so interesting to then see these guys, you know, moving through their life because I can click on their fucking Facebook ads. I I can click on their account. I don't think people realize this. Like if you comment on someone's account, even if it's an ad, I can follow and and have a look at your Facebook and without a doubt, 100% of the time, you know, after a while you get pretty good at seeing guys who've got shit going on they're always the guys who need it the most. Mm. They're always the guys who've got the photos of all their lads in their fucking Australia kit with the big tattoos and they're all fucking pissed on the VBs and the guy who it is, you look into his eyes and there's just like pain. Always that. And I'm like, fuck. Like, you're so scared of... You're so scared of confronting yourself that... You, you you tear down other people who are willing to do the same thing, mm. and like I get it, like I, man, I get it, like fair enough, right? Like life's fucking scary, and like that is just going to that is going to freeze you in your life. There's going to be nothing you can do in your life, because again, the, it's like your default assumptions about the world is life's too scary. I'm not good enough. I can't do anything, and it's all someone else's fault, right? Because what I really want to say to these guys is like, look at how interesting it is that that's the first thing that came into your mind. Mm. Right? That's like, it. that's the first thing. That wasn't, yeah. that wasn't a, a, look, I, I'm happy to be wrong. Please email me if, or write a Facebook comment if I'm wrong. But like, I don't think those guys, guys saw that ad, sat with how they felt about it, went through a couple of different ways and then wrote that. They just would have read it and wrote it straight away. And it's like, wow, you're, that, you know, that NLP thing, that, that structure of your brain, the fabric of your mind, you set up instant negativity. Mm. And it's like, well, well, just, yeah, something else. Uh, do you have moments like that anymore? Well, where I go instant negativity? Yeah, yeah, all the fucking time. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm not fucking Jesus. No, I know that. But yeah. like, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't really see it that much. Well, but I'm not around you all the time. Well, you're around me enough. Um, well, that's because I, I, there's a difference between feeling a feeling and acting for, through it. Yeah. So, dude, I'm feeling chill all the time. Like, you know, I was triggered that you were late. Yeah. And I was like, but shit. And then you sit down and you tell me the things. And I'm like, oh, well, that's like, cool. Like, fair enough. Yeah. Right? Like, man, the, the craziest stuff. Like, you know, people, when I'm walking to the gym and people in front of me are smoking and they're breathing my smoke, like, they're smoking everywhere. And I'm like, I get the shit comes up. I'm like, oh, I get really angry. And like, you know, but it's, I re- recognize it as a part of me. And like it can come up and I can love it and it goes back down again it's not significant for me but mm. that's because I've done the work to create space in between you know stimulus and response mm. does that make sense yeah. whereas these guys there's no space it's just fucking stimulus response there is no thinking or cognitive you know advancement for yeah. them they're not like oh isn't that interesting that that's how I reacted to that yeah. what should I do about that and then work on that so you know just this mental fabric thing and this is like a rabbit hole that I love going down because I just really think it's going to help people 
you know, that mental fabric that we're talking about. And again, the other example is, you know, when you get cut off in traffic, where do you, inst- where does you, where do you instantly go? Mm. Anger, that person's a fuckwit, like fuck them. And it's like, well, you know, maybe that person is on the way to hospital, right? Maybe that person is rushing a delivery somewhere and like, maybe that person's just got a call and they're rushing home to send their wife. Like, but we don't even consider that. Mm. And so we're all in many ways, before you start the work, you are run by the mental makeup of your mind. And, and again, you've picked that up just by living your life, being a normal human being and kind of all that sort of stuff. The thing that we figured out and, and it really separates us is that mental framework that we have is a, is a prediction mechanism. And what it's doing is it's, it's it, by definition, it's trying to keep you safe. And the distinction here is NLP is like, well, let's change it so it serves us. And it's like, yeah, but it, like you're playing a game where the rules are, I must protect. And so you can make the protection work for you, but you're still being protected from something. Mm. It's like you change, you use the, the fear. rules there. You, you're changing the rules, but it's still fear. It's just, instead of, I don't want to go that way, so I'll run away. It's, I don't want to go through that, so I'll run forward. And that's great, but it's still it's yeah. still the same system. So, so that's the first thing, right? It, you, you cannot interact with that mental framework with that at some level not trying to keep you safe. The second thing, and this is where we start getting a bit gnarly. The second thing is that mental framework is conscious. It's, it, I don't have any other way of saying it, right? Like you have all of these different parts of you that are semi-autonomous and at different levels of consciousness. Like, how could it not be conscious, right? Because it, it like it has to, it, it is interacting with the world the same way you are, and trying to figure out what it needs to keep you safe from. It has to be conscious, right? And you mean the parts of us that we say? No, that that mental fabric. Oh yeah, is conscious. Yes, and and we we think about the subconscious because this is what this is, right? It's your subconscious. We think about it as subconscious, as in it's less than consciousness. No, it's just a different form of consciousness, right? right? Like our consciousness grew out of the subconscious, and so. You know, maybe it's not conscious in the same way we're conscious, but it's still fucking conscious. So that's, so that's the second yes. thing. Now, two things here. One, your subconscious feels like everything was fine before consciousness came along. It was like, man, we were fine. We don't fucking, what's this whole consciousness business? That's so a bit skeptical about the whole thing. But the second thing is, is and like, you're gonna have to, if you've never heard this before, you're gonna have to stay with me because like we start getting to some pretty fucking deep places. But if, that mental fabric, that subconscious, if its job is to keep you safe, then it can keep you safe by just running you or it can keep you safe by you getting addicted to tinkering with it. Oh, and that's that personal development rabbit exactly. hole. Exactly. Yeah. It's still fucking keeping you in the game. It's just changed the game. Well, like how do we make this serve us? Exactly. It's like, you know, you're playing Xbox and then you realize, oh, I don't have to play this game. I can play any game I want. And then you start playing the sort of the games. It's like, great, you're still playing Xbox, right? And that's the thing. That's the thing that it takes so fucking long for people to see. It's like, holy shit. What if my brain is so smart that it's going to realize, hey, some point I might start fucking with what's going up in here. So let me build a second set of games where when I try and start changing shit, it'll let me change some things. But in doing so, it still keeps me in the prison. It still keeps me in the matrix. Mm. And that's what guys don't see. And then when you point that out to people, they're like, oh fuck. Because you really see it. You really start to see how genius the mind is. Because it's actually not that mental fabric. It's actually about putting that down so you can get to what's behind it, which is the real you. That's like who you were before you realized the world was a scary place that you weren't enough to be in and that you had done something wrong. And so people were going to reject you and you were going to be unsafe. Who the fuck were you before all that shit happened? And let's go back there. And let's be that person. Not naive, not stupid, not like, oh my God, the world's a good place. No, 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 you've learned shit. You need to take that with you. But like, let's go back and be that person and take all the strength that was built into you by going through what you've been through in your life and operate from that place of strength, filtering through just that childlike exuberance and love and happiness and joy that when we see it in people, we're like, holy shit, that's what I want to be like. And that's the thing. People get stuck. It's like, you know, you're either asleep, right? Or you think you're awake, but your brain has just got you again. It just got you in the second level of the matrix, right? It's like in the inception, you wake up from a dream and you're like, oh, I'm awake without realizing you're just in a fucking another dream, mm. right? Because your brain's that smart. And then the next level down is to then let all of that go to just be in the experience, right? To just be yourself. And to not need to know and to let all of that grasping and certainty and rah, just let all that go and 
you know, operate from a place of flow. And when you do that, just magic starts happening in your life. Mm. There's a lot of letting go. Yeah. That's, you know, <clears throat> on, on this journey, be it eight months or whatever, um, lots of letting go. Yeah. Constantly letting go. Yeah. Yeah, because all these people in self-development, I'm like, instead of being addicted to what you should keep doing, why don't you ask yourself the question, what should I stop doing? Mm. Right? Instead of asking yourself, what, what should I start doing? Yeah, instead, instead of asking yourself, what do I need to know? It's like, well, why don't you start asking yourself, well, where do I need to stop knowing? Where do mm. I actually need to let go and go back to being a student? Because mm. anywhere when you're in I know, you can't learn anything because yeah. you already know. Yeah. Right? It's like, well, what if you just went all the way back to... I don't need to know. I don't need to understand. I can just be myself. Because if we circle all the way back to the start, this guy who's been in prison, he doesn't trust himself. Mm. Right? He's in the world of, I need to not do what I did before and I can't trust myself to do that. So let me do all of this shit so that I know I don't, I'm not going to be that person anymore. Rather than actually trusting himself to not be that person that he wants to be and then he can fucking do whatever he wants and it might be the same thing that he's currently doing yet he can do it with joy. And it's like, why not do that? Right. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, we'll like wrap up pretty soon. Wait, we uh, only got 41 minutes. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, who knows where this one could go. Okay, great. But, you know, what do you, what do you say to the guy that's listening to this podcast now and is observing like himself in traffic mm. and his instant reaction is rage, mm. you know, fuck you. Mm. Why'd you cut it in front of me? Puts mm-hmm. a finger out, does something. Yeah. Um, he's listening to this podcast and going, shit, like, that's my first response is rage. My first response is negativity. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing this and, you know, we're talking about not becoming better, but essentially like letting go. Yeah, becoming yourself. Becoming yourself. Yeah. Um, what's the first step for that guy? Great. So the first step is he must not judge himself. Mm. And that's so important and just so like, we just skip to the next step. If you judge yourself, like the risk here, this happens occasionally with people that we work with is they judge themselves so much that they then start beating themselves up for the fact that they get angry. And then it's like, you've actually, they've actually made their life worse Mm. because they've fundamentally misunderstood the teachings and they're so used to judging themselves. They don't take the time to do the work to stop judging themselves. They think Mm. judgment is a flippant thing when it's actually the most important thing. So he mustn't judge himself because that mental fabric, it, it, in many ways, it gets built without us there. Yeah. It just gets built. You don't, you're not conscious of it. You don't understand what's happening. It's just it's being built. building. It's building in the background all the time and it's shifting and it's, well, it's actually trying to not change, but it's like, it's, it's constantly there. So in many ways, it's not even you who's getting angry. It's a part of you. Mm. And the first step is you must not judge yourself. You must not beat yourself up for it because it's not like you fucking consciously chose. It's what happens. Just just quickly, um, in order for us to even have a conversation with that guy, mm-hmm. there has to be some awareness. And he's yep. got the awareness, great. Yep. Yep. Now, when we say like, uh, you know, don't, don't judge yourself. Yes. Um, is there a step there for him to actually be open and curious? Well, yeah, it has to be open well, and curious, yeah, right? Sure. But you, you know, he said he's listened to the podcast. Okay, he wants cool. to make change. Gotcha. Of course. Gotcha. He has to be open and curious. He has to be willing to become aware. He has to be willing to grow. Of Got course. It. But then, okay, so the first step is he must not judge himself. Yeah. And he also mustn't judge himself for when he inevitably does judge himself. Because mm. we're all imperfect, right? Mm. We call that judgeception, right? Like when you judge yourself for judging yourself. And this is like, there's no point talking about the rest of the process until he nails this. Meaning, oh shit, I got angry again oh shit, I'm such a fuckwit for getting angry. Then he gets angry that he's angry and then he's even more angry than he was before he learned all this sort of shit, Mm. right? So it's like, okay, cool. You you have these moments where you're like, you realize you're judging yourself and then you have a decision you can make. And the decision is either to judge yourself even more or stop judging yourself. And the simple thing to do is to just say out loud, I'm not going to judge myself. Oh, 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 I'm here again. I'm not going to judge myself. So let's assume he gets that. And even if, you know, if you're listening to this, you can literally just try saying the words out loud. I'm not going to judge myself about this and you'll feel relaxed. Mm. Okay. The next thing he needs to do is he needs to, and this is so important. He needs to laugh. He needs to laugh because the process of becoming more aware and more awake is so hard. And in many cases, very painful. Mm. Like oftentimes heavy, heavy, like oftentimes you're asleep for a reason. 
and you're avoiding your emotions for a reason. You're avoiding your emotions because they're real fucking uncomfortable, right? Like, you know, old mate who was an alcoholic for 25 years or even, you know, crystal meth for 10 years. It's like, yeah, they're using that because that's easier than feeling their feelings. And it's so important to really think about that. Imagine being in so much pain that it's easier for you to be addicted to crystal meth than it is to just feel your emotions. That's so important for people to realize. Like that's really, that's what addiction is. It is a method of coping with our affect, how we experience our world. Imagine being in so much pain that you would rather choose meth, right? Than feel your feelings. So it's real hard, right? And so it's so important to laugh at the process because it's fucking hilarious. And what I mean by that is it's just hilarious being an imperfect being. Like, you know, I can talk about this stuff in my sleep. I can talk about this stuff underwater. Like the amount of, I've taught non-judgment hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times and I still judge myself. <laughs> right? I like that. And like, this, it happened hugely for me about two weeks ago. I was like, I'm not talking about judgment so much in the seminars. I'm like, I wonder what's happening. Maybe we need to change it. Maybe it's not a value anymore. And I was like, oh, it's interesting. And then a couple of days later, I realized I was judging the fuck out of myself. And I'm like, oh, I'm not talking about it because I'm doing it. And so I'm blind to it. I'm like, oh, this is funny. And then my response is to laugh. Mm. Like, man, this is so funny. And the reason for that? Well, it, well, number one, because I, I genuinely find it hilarious. But number two, if I didn't laugh, I would like beat myself up. The game would be impossible. Because yeah. if I didn't laugh in that moment, I'd be like, there's no hope. Mm. If, I, if the person who teaches the lessons can't learn the lessons, then what the fuck hope has anyone got? And I would just spark. But I laugh. And I'm like, oh man, how funny is it being a human being? It's got a silliness to it as a well. A silliness and, and just an, a, and a raw humility. Yeah. Like, man, the, you know, it's like when, when you take a psychedelic and you like, you know, meet ayahuasca or you take mushrooms and you think, you think you're a man and then you like take a psychedelic and you're like, shit, I am not the man. <laughs> uh, it's, like that, it's like that, you know, it's just like that, you know, gentle, beautiful humility. And then once you've laughed and once you've judged yourself, then you're in a completely different space. And then it's just being curious. Okay, like, and, and again, there's a whole like process to knowing which question to ask. But if I was with homeboy in his car, I'd be like, cool. Like, what was it that actually made you angry about that? Like, what was it? Was it that they were rude? Was it that you felt disrespected? Was it that you felt like they don't care? Mm. You know, what is it? Okay, it's that uh, I felt I felt really disrespected. Mm. I was like, okay, why does being disrespected make you really angry? Uh, I don't know. Well, it's like, okay, well, I know you don't know, but you know, you know, did why is it so scary being disrespected? Bum 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 bum. He'll give you a couple more answers, then you ask the question. Okay, well, where did you feel really disrespected in your life? Where do you felt like people disrespected you and you didn't like it? Right, and they'll have an answer. And then they'll think, they are like, wow, well, well uh, I guess I just, I hate it when people disrespect me because I used to be disrespectful to people. And when I see people being disrespectful, it reminds me of how I used to be. And I'm actually really angry at myself for how disrespectful I used to be. And when, and look, this isn't what this guy's gonna say. I, I, I would be there helping him skip the steps, but it's like, yeah, maybe you're actually angry at yourself for how disrespectful you are to people. And so when someone else is disrespectful, Instead of confronting how disrespectful you are, you get angry at them and you blame them because it stops you from having to investigate who you are. Right? Or maybe I felt really disrespected by my dad. My dad disrespected my mom. I fucking hate my dad. And so when you know I go through these things, I get reminded of it. Mm. And so I feel, I get really angry, right? Now, and, now what? Now, well, now what? oftentimes just by putting that together, yeah. there'll be a shift, Yes. right? Because instead of it being stimulus response you know, with no gap, it's stimulus response. Oh, I did it again. Right. And maybe, maybe that happens after, maybe you get the car cuts you off, you get angry. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, Oh shit, I did it again. And then you do it again. And it's five minutes later, you did it again. And then again, it's two minutes later. And then again, in the moment you can feel what you're doing. And then again, you feel it and you can breathe and you can put on a different song and it goes away. Wow. And then again, and you're like, oh, there it is again, there it is again. Now, there's many different tools that you can use here to like help here. You can change state, whatever it is. I mean, the, the tool we teach is, in my experience, the most effective tool, which is, well, let's figure out how we can let that anger go once and for all so people cut you off and it doesn't happen anymore. And again, there's a whole process that we use there. And, and then that problem is solved. 
right? Now, the deeper level problem is why are you so angry all the time, mm. right? And then again, that's another rabbit hole. And so we've taken getting triggered by people cutting me off and being full victim, full blame, taking responsibility and using that rabbit hole to like start, like what's going on? Where are you at? And working on letting this stuff go, not changing it or shifting it. And then, you know, all of the fatigue and stress and cortisol and like you fucking take that anger into your home and your wife doesn't like that you're angry or your husband doesn't like that you're angry and your kids feel unsafe and then you get angry that you're angry and then you lie in bed at night and you fucking hate yourself because you're so angry all the time and then you start drinking alcohol to cover up how you feel like that whole spiral of you just fucking being angry all the time evaporates and then you walk into your life and you're not angry anymore and you're like wow what the fuck and it's like you can do that all the time that you can find these huge pillars of how your brain keeps you safe from things and you can let them go, not change them, right? But let them go. And then you're like, oh wow, I'm so much freer. I'm so much freer, so much freer, so much lighter, so much happier. That's very different to, I'm so much better. Mm. I'm so much faster. I'm so much more focused. Like, hey, you should, all of those things are great. You should do them. But it's like, why, why are we in this game in the first place? And in my experience, what we're really doing is we're trying to figure out what to do with this problem of being alive, right? What are this fucking life that I've been signed up for without me asking for it? I just woke up one day and here I am. Like, what does all of this mean? What philosophy am I going to take through life? And it needs to be a philosophy that's strong enough to deal with and actually thrive in the trauma that you're inevitably going to go through. And you need to find that. That's so important. If you don't have that, you're really like, you're just living life without a foundation. Okay, now that I've found that, I want to give myself to the world. Okay, how do you give yourself to the world? Well, you need to give yourself to yourself first. Mm. Okay, how do I do that? Well, all of the pain that I put myself through every single day of the week, let me find it, deal with it, and let it go and heal it so I'm actually not in pain, I'm in joy. Great, why do we do that? Well, because then your cup is full. Okay, great, why do we do that? Because then you can give people the overflow. And then you can give relentlessly and incessantly, and you don't have to take three days off to get a 10% full and then go back to your life and then mm. just keep you know stealing stealing from the future and stealing your own life energy to try and get to a place where you can finally avoid the fears that you have at the deepest level and then you can give yourself to the world and then the world starts giving itself back to you and then your whole fucking life changes and this is like like that's like 12 months of like deep intense you know come to five fucking containers and hey like you won't recognize yourself right and it's all super possible and very uh, it's very easy and very complicated at the same time it's very simple i should say it's very simple very hard, but if you do this and you start doing the work, it, what happens to men is they become deeper. Right? It's like there's a depth to the men that we work with because they've like really found themselves. Mm. You know, they've gone into the dark, scary cave and they found the fucking dragon and they did something about it. Right? Rather than being like, fuck, I went to a dark, scary cave once and I never want to go there ever again. Let me build the biggest possible castle I can so no one can hurt me. They're gods. Yeah. Right? That works in some ways, it doesn't work in other ways. Yeah, I often feel like, even in my life, it's been hard to, like, pinpoint what I'm working on. Yeah. You know, I know there's anger, I know there's sadness and stuff, but, like, it, it's, I, in a way, I feel like I've had a, quite a pure life. Yeah. You know, nothing, nothing really, like, I've got an amazing family, like, great relationships, I love what I do, but, and I know you've seen the darker sides of, of that, for mm-hmm. sure, but I've struggled with actually, like, pinpointing what I need to work on. Yeah. Um, and well, that language is not right anyway, or what I need to work on, or what I need to let go mm. better off. Um, so that that's what I, I've been struggling with that. Yeah. yeah. It's not so defined. Like, yeah. Yeah, but I guess that's a process as well, and that comes with you know, going to containers and... Yeah, and it's also, I mean, the question you're asking is, well, why does it... And don't say, I know it doesn't, but actually sit with this, like, you know, why does it need to be so defined? Because that's really your brain's looking for certainty in this process. Yeah, it's been and, doing that a lot. And this, is, and this is exactly what we're talking about. This is you dealing with what's in here and your brain's trying to get another way of getting certainty. Yeah. Okay, I'll work on my stuff, but I'll do it yeah. with, pin, with pinpoint precision. Mm. And it's like, well, there's that second level of like yeah. the matrix. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it, it's, it's really about like, you know, just following the path of life, following wherever it is that you're walking and following not trying to lead so much and then when you do that and again this all comes from Taoism oh I just I've really felt that like literally before I walked up here uh, and that conversation I had with that lady I walked out and I felt like 
you know, I am following. Mm. I'm just following the path. Yeah. And I, instantly when I said that, I was like, yeah, but you're not. Like there was a part of me that was like, oh, yes. you're not leading. You should be yes. leading. Yes. And it's like, let yes. go. Yes. I can actually just follow where the magic takes me. Yes. Exactly. Yep. Yes. Like you said, it's God. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it doesn't even have to be about like, you don't even have to get too woo-woo here and say it's guided or anything like that. It's like, how about instead of like running away from yourself, you get to know yourself and then you follow where you feel like you should go. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's it. And it's nothing more complicated than that. And when you do that, it's like, you know, like we're, we're sitting in the middle of Sydney here and there's like, you know, thousands of people going home from work and, and it's like, this is what they all want. At the deepest level, we're like, whoa, I want to know why I'm here. I want to know what I'm supposed to be doing. I want to know who I am. I want it like I want to know. And it's like, okay, you can know. But the only way you can know is by getting to know yourself and then let go of knowing and just follow where you feel like you should go. If I was trying to lead and like be that guy, I'd still be in med school. Mm. Right? And still be in med school. Yeah. Right? Or maybe I would have dropped out, but fuck it, there's no way I'd be here. It's actually by following. Like, oh, I feel like I should go here. And you hear this, it's like, people say, every time I went against my guard, it didn't work out. It's like, yeah, that's fucking right. And so it's like, you know, you just, you know, there's a like, and again, I'm a very not woo woo guy, but these words are really good. There's like a frequency and a vibration of, you know, if you, if you just move throughout your day, seven days in a week, you'll feel more energized by some things and less energized by other things. Do more of the things you're more energized by and less of the things you're less energized by. And whenever I say this, inevitably some guy who thinks he's really smart says, yeah, but you have to do shit you don't want to do. Why? Why? So you can get better. Why? Well, so no, you can get better so at it. So you can get but, but I have to, my boss, I don't want to do it. My boss tells me, oh, well, go start your own company. Mm. Oh, no, I couldn't do that. Well, you could do that. You're choosing not to do that, right? And that's so important. Oh, but more mortgage, uh, yeah. Yeah. What, has anyone ever done it when they had a mortgage and kids that gone out and started their own business? If the answer is yes, yeah, then you can do it too. Maybe you're not going to be as good as that person, right? Maybe you can only, maybe you can only build a business of $300,000 a year, not $4 billion a year. Mm. Cool, you can still fucking build a business, mm. right? And it's, again, we get stuck in this world where we think we don't have control over our life. We think we don't have the capacity to decide, to choose. And so, you know, to, to, to old smart ass who think he's really original, I'm like, yeah, you fucking can if you're gonna to commit to it. That's the bit. If you're gonna to commit to it. If you're gonna put all your chips in the middle of the table and be like, all right, I only ever wanna do what I wanna do. I mm. never wanna to have to do anything I don't wanna to have to do. Great, oh. you, can, you can live that life, but fuck me. Like, you're gonna to have to put all your chips in the table. Yeah. And it's gonna be real scary for like two years and then it will become slightly less scary. And like, this, I'm, I've walked this path, I know what it takes. Mm. Right, And so, you know, to summarize all of this, the way I look at life, the, the way I look at success, let's say, look, old mate who's, you know, in this world, I'm like, what if we could play a game where instead of these are the 10 things I need to do in a day, I really don't want to do them. And like, you know, I'm pretty fearful of them. So let me, like, let me, I need to make 50 sales calls today. Let me just force myself to do it and pump my state and pick myself up and I'll just fucking crush the sales calls. What if instead of all of that, you could build yourself and your life and the game in a way where it was like, okay, what do I need to do today? I'm just gonna do it. What do I need to do today? I'm just gonna do it. What am I gonna do today? I'm just gonna do it, right? It's like, to go back to the matrix, it's like, I know Kung Fu now, mm. right? Like, you know, when, you, when you're out in a nightclub and you see a beautiful woman or a beautiful guy, beautiful woman in my case, and you wanna go walk over to her, but you're real scared, so you go drink a drink and you force yourself to go over there, and then it inevitably goes fucking horribly because you're not in the right place, versus you see a beautiful woman and you just naturally go over to her. It's like, that's second, that's, a, that's possible. Oh yeah. That's super possible, yeah. but it does not come from bashing the brick wall down. Yeah. It comes from letting the brick wall go. Yeah. And letting the brick wall go, letting the brick wall go. So. I would say to him, dude, imagine a life where you didn't have to use force. Mm. You actually wanted to do the things that you wanted to do. Not because you're forcing yourself to do them because you actually want to. I really, you know, I'm, I'm reaching that place now where it's just like, what do I need to do? Okay, let's do it. Right, what do I need to do? Okay, let's do it. Because I've worked on, and it's, a, it's such an, you know, it's an endless process. And I've worked on so much of the like mental fabric and let so much of it go. And there's always more that it's very easy for me to be like, cool, what do I need to do? Okay, let's do it. Cool, what do I need to do? Okay, let's do it. And so, 
yeah, like it's so possible. That's what I would say. Awesome. That's 59 minutes and 40 seconds. That's really good. I'm real tired. Yeah. You okay? I, yeah, I'm okay. I just, we're going to turn the cameras off and go lie down. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's good, man. That was, that was awesome. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like as soon as the cameras are off, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Cut. Yeah. <sighs> cool. Ugh.